Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac and Talk number 38 for Tuesday, July 26, 2022. I'm your host, Chanel Allen. Mac and Talk is a Q&A conference call for anyone with Mac questions. Whether you're trying to decide if the Mac is a suitable device for you, or maybe you are just getting started and need some help with that initial voiceover, getting set up and getting familiar with all of that, or you could be a longtime user of the Mac with a particular question about an app or feature. For whatever reason, I am glad that you have joined us tonight, either now or later on via the podcast recording. Since this meeting is being recorded, we do ask that everyone stay muted at all times unless asking a question or making a comment. I'll go over how we do all that in just a little bit, but we do not use the raised hand feature. So the first thing I'd like to draw our attention to is the iBug Today website and social media. That's where we will find all the latest happenings, including upcoming trainings and workshops and so forth. If you want to explore our website, iBugToday.org, that's a great place to view upcoming events, learn more about who we are, what we do, and most importantly, register to become a member. Registration is free, and you can participate in any and all training and social events free of charge. We do have a donate button if you so desire, but otherwise get registered and you will receive announcements via email of all of our upcoming events. If email is not really your preferred form of communication, we are on social media, as I said. We have a Facebook site, facebook.com slash groups slash iBugToday. Our announcements are posted there, and it's a great place to ask questions in between events or just exchange information that's useful to all of us. Also, we are at iBugToday on Twitter and Instagram. And on Twitter, in addition to our announcements, our Twitter master posts lots of helpful Apple news, tech deals, rumors, more, and including lots of utility, you know, how-to guides for the Mac and all info about the newest Macs and different things. So definitely check out our Twitter or visit twitter.com slash iBugToday to read our tweets that way. And if you like to consume either consume media on YouTube, watch videos, well, we've got you covered there because we have a YouTube channel. It's if you just search for iBug Today, you will find recordings of the most recent training workshops and lessons from the previous Mac course have been posted to YouTube as well. If you prefer getting podcasts, you can just ask your favorite speaker or even open your preferred podcast app of choice and look for iBug iBug Buzz or iBug Macintalk. Those are options. And there is also a list if you wish to correspond with other Mac users via email to ask questions, share information. If you go back to our website, iBugToday.org, and click on the Mac and Talk link, there's information on how to subscribe to our list as well as how to contact me with any questions or feedback. All right, as far as our upcoming events, this Thursday we have It's iBugs Life from 6 to 8 p.m. here on Zoom, where advanced member George Batiste will facilitate a discussion 
on finances, financial literacy, and all that good stuff. And on Friday, we have iBug Night at the Virtual Movies, beginning at 7.30 with a pre-movie social, followed by the movie at 8, which is Shakespeare in Love, and a discussion afterwards. Next week, we have our weekly iBug Buzz. That's every Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. It's for all of your iOS, iBug, accessory questions. Tonight, we talk about the Mac. On Mondays on iBug Buzz, we talk about iOS and iDevices. On Tuesday on Clubhouse, from 5 to 6, we have the iBug Mac Buzz. And that is like this call. So if you ask a question tonight and there's some follow-up to it or don't get a chance to ask a question tonight, then definitely join us for iBug Mac Buzz next week on Clubhouse. For all of our other events and the upcoming dates and info, things like the Vila Book Club, the iBug Cafe, the Apple Workshop, iBug Unplugged, Android Insight, and more, definitely check out our website and the social media sites that I mentioned. And with that, let's get on to our call. So how do we actually participate? I think most of you know. You basically wait to until a pause in the conversation, say your name, wait for me to acknowledge you and say go ahead, and then you'll make your comment or ask your question. When you're done and when it's actually been addressed, then please go back on mute. We have so many background noises that we're not even aware of. As far as the procedures for muting and unmuting, if you're joining us on an iPhone today, locate unmute in the lower left corner. All of these are toggles. On a Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. On Windows, it's Alt-A. And on your iPad, it's up in the top middle. If you're calling in on a phone, I don't think we have any phone users, but it is star six. So now I'm going to allow everyone to unmute, and we're just going to go around and say your name, where you're calling from, and if this is your first time joining us for Macintalk, I am Chanel Allen, and I live in Houston, and I've been on Macintalk for quite a while. This is Brad. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and uh, I, too, have been on Macintalk for <laughs> quite a while. Welcome. Love to have you. This is Janet from Colorado. I've been on Macintalk for a few months. Awesome. Great to have you back. This Hi, guys. Kathy it's... Shelby. Oh. Go ahead, I'm sorry. This is Kathy from Tulsa, and I've been on iBug for a long time, but I'm new to the Mac. I just was able to get one. It's an older one, and I'm hoping to learn how to use it. Great. Come to the right place. Welcome, J Judy. Yeah, it's Judy from Connecticut. Hi, everybody. Hello. Glad to have you. Thanks. This is Darcy from uh, Canada, currently in Tennessee. And I've been coming to these since around March, I think. Okay, great. Well, we're happy to have you come back and be more involved in iBug. This is Sandia. Hello. Hello from Houston. Welcome. And I keep taking Chanel's classes and I'm still learning. <laughs> That's okay. I'm still learning. I learn every time I have to teach it. So I'm relearning this stuff right along with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is Vincent in New Jersey. And this is, I think, my second or third. Well, welcome. We're happy to have you back. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Karen from Texas, and this is my first time on this call, and I'm trying to decide if I want to get a Mac. Hi, Karen. I think I recognize your voice. You do. Hi, Chanel. Hi. <laughs> Yay. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. This is Brenda. I'm from San Antonio. This is my first time on the call. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. All right, so we like to ask new people, and you can feel free or not. Um, how did you hear about us, Brenda? And uh, do you have a Mac? You said I think you said you didn't. Yes, I do have a Mac, and actually, I changed over to basically iOS everything once I started losing significant parts of my vision. And I, um, they had a presentation for our local chapter of NFB. Um, two okay. weeks ago, and that's when I found out about it. So I decided to try it out and see if it will help me to get better at using the accessibility parts of my Mac. Great. Welcome. And um, Kathy, you said you have a new Mac. I know you've been to lots of iBug events, but do you know what kind of Mac you have? And let's see, um, was there anyone else that introduced themselves who's new? Um, I think Karen said she was new to this oh, channel. Karen. Oh, that's KT. Okay. I was trying to place KT. All right. Sorry, Karen. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm new to this call. I'm not new to iBug. Okay. Well, we're happy to have you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so would any of our new people, Karen or Brenda or Kathy, um, we, we like to give new people a chance to ask questions first, if you're up to it. And if you want to pipe one in later too, that's fine. But um, the floor is yours if any one of you want to ask a question. Okay, I guess I can start. I'm, okay. I was... During the sales recently, I was looking at uh, Mac computers and I had no idea because the prices are so high, what to get for someone who's just starting out, not, you know, basically a Windows user and just want to know, um, just to get your feet wet, what, what model computer would you suggest and um, what's the most affordable way to um, enter into the Mac? All right, that's a great question. Does anyone uh, want to help Karen out with that? Have any suggestions for good Macs to get started with and good deals and all that? This well, is this is Judy. Yes, start. Um, we'll go Darcy and then Judy. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that I know their, their sort of entry-level machine is the MacBook Air. And I think for just about anyone, it would meet their needs uh, quite nicely is the uh, the sort of entry level MacBook Air that they sell, and um, you know, especially with the the new chips they have, they're they're plenty powerful for just about anything you might want to do. So I think that's where I would start. Great, Judy. And that's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I have. I bought mine about a year and a half ago, 
with the M1 chip and I love it. And it's the, the lowest price one. When I bought it, it was $999, but I think the new ones are $1,200 now, but, but I love it. I have no complaints, so thanks. I think <laughs> they still sell that M1 for either $999 or even $899 now, so it's huh. um, even though it's last year's, you're, you're, you would get years out of it. Like That's actually one of the things um, about Max is they, they support them for a long time, so no matter what you buy, like especially if you're, if you're buying a new one now, you'll get a lot of... A lot of years out of it, for sure. Okay, this so does Kathy? that base... Okay, so let's... Um, so, Karen, if you can remember to say your name, that would be super helpful. But we'll go with Karen, and then we'll go to Kathy. Okay, sorry. That's I was okay. just going to... Yeah, the base unit, does that come with um, enough RAM? What's the recommended RAM for 16 gigs? Is that... I mean, that's what we look at for Windows, basically. So is it the same on the Mac, or...? This is Brad. Yes, Brad. I think they're starting out with eight gigabytes of RAM now, which is really fine for most tasks. But the one thing I would recommend you do is update, upgrade the uh, the storage. Uh, I think on all of them now, the base storage is 256 gigabytes. And since it's not upgradable, I recommend you get as much storage uh, or as you know you you think you will need or even Take it what you think you will need and get more. I would recommend that anyone get at least 512 gigabytes of storage, which I believe is the second tier. I don't think they sell them with 128 anymore. That's definitely not enough. But uh, even if you're planning to use cloud storage a lot, I would still spring for the extra cash. I think it's another $200 to go for 512. Because these things last a while. I mean, a Mac isn't like an iPhone where you're going to want another one in a year or two. A Mac can last you many years. So plan for the future and upgrade the, the storage. Okay, great. Thank you. And Kathy, I think, had a question or comment. Yeah, sorry. Before I thought I was, I was unmuted, but I wasn't. Um, so I ended up getting a, uh, a a Mac from a school that was getting all new computers and was selling these their old ones for like a hundred dollars. And I have an old um, it's El Capitan is the year, so I don't know if I did a good thing by buying it because I've been having some trouble. I don't well, I don't know how to use it for one thing, <laughs> but that's all. Okay. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Well, an older Mac with an older operating system is still not a bad thing. You can certainly learn the Mac. And if you decide this is something you really like and you want to get a newer, more up-to-date Mac, um, you know, at least you'll know, you'll know something more about it. Um, but an older used Mac is all often you know, a hand-me-down or when you got from someplace or in your case, one that you were able to buy at a bargain basement price. It's a good way to get your feet wet and understand them. I would think it's been a while since I've used a Mac with El Capitan. Um, I know they had, I believe, already introduced iCloud. I think so. I think so. I can't remember. Yeah, I think that's right. Or was it Sierra that iCloud Drive came out? It may have been Sierra. Oh, Miss Kathy. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's a good way to get your feet wet. Yes, Kathy. I read somewhere that I can upgrade to a later 
operating system? This is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. You've, it's very possible that you could. What you'll need to know is uh, what model of Mac you have. And if you know that, then um, then you can Google it and you should be able to figure out what the latest one that you can get is because it's it's entirely possible that you're right that you can that you can upgrade. You may not be able to upgrade to the latest operating system, but you may be able to move, you know, a few steps ahead. Okay. Um, this is Janet. Yes, Janet. Um, you could take your um Mac to a uh Best Buy in your area, and they can see whether you can get it upgraded or not, and upgrade it for you for another hundred bucks or so. Ah, cool. Yep. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe you can open the App Store, and if a um, a newer version or whatever it will take is offered to you, I, I believe it will only offer whatever your particular Mac is is able to run. And another way to find out, like Darcy was talking, you find out what Mac you've got. If you're familiar with the menu bar, go to the Apple menu on the far left it's just a little apple for a, a, a little symbol instead of saying apple it's a little apple and if you open that menu the first item on that menu is about this mac and that will tell you what you've got it'll tell you what uh, you know what year your mac is it'll say something to the effect of say maybe macbook air 2013 or or in case of when Kathy bought it could be even over it could just say macbook 2009 something like that but i have a friend that had a macbook i believe it was the 2009 it could have been 2008 and she was running high sierra and it worked quite well for what she needed to do so chances are you can upgrade it a little bit yeah and the, oh and the upgrades don't cost anything apple offers oh. them for no charge so like i said i checked that app store to see what it says those are lots of great suggestions, and hopefully that helps you, uh, Kathy. And we kind of uh, took Karen's question before, so the two questions got morphed, but hopefully that gives you some resources. Um, I know when I purchased my first Mac, I was did it on the website on Apple, but I was able to chat with somebody from Apple. I was doing it and asked them questions. And so, um, yeah, I have a Mac from 2012 that Herbie is still getting use out of. Uh, so they do last a long time. Um, anyway, who would like to ask our next question? Karen, I have a follow-up when you have a minute. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Um, someone suggested to me that you can get better deals with refurbished machines, and I was just wondering if anyone has any um, experience with that. And also, what about the keyboard um, on the Mac Air? Um, I was... So oh. I... Yeah, go oh, ahead and sorry. finish, Karen. Yeah, I, I have a friend who said that she has had trouble with some of the Mac keyboards and had sent the units back because Ooh. she couldn't work with them. So uh, I was concerned about that, too, because yeah, I've never Brad. seen one. Yeah, Brad, I thought maybe you were going to fight in there. Go uh, ahead. On the first part of your question, I have bought a couple of Macs through the refurb store. My first Mac 
was a 2012 Mac mini and I bought it from the refurb store. And then at some point later on, I bought myself a MacBook air 2013 and it also came from the refurb store. You buy them from the Apple refurb store. It, it's a good deal. There's not a whole lot off of them. Maybe $80, $100, depends on what you buy in. Uh, but they come, um, they don't come in a retail box. It comes in kind of a plain box. But other than that, it comes with all the accessories that a brand new one came with. And most importantly, it comes with a full one-year warranty, just like a brand new one does. And I believe Apple Care is also available to purchase if you want the extended warranty. And, you know, once you've got it out of the box and you're using it, you can't tell that it's a refurbished unit. It might as well be a brand new unit. Um, on your question about the keyboard, beginning in 2016, um, at least on the MacBook Pros, I'm not sure what year on the Mac Air, Apple started with what they called the butterfly keyboard. So I would be careful of any Mac, <clears throat> any MacBook, either the Pro or the Air, that was new in 2016 through um, late 2020. I know, no, late 2009. I know on the um, on the MacBook Pro, the large one, the one that used to be a 15 that became the 16. That's when they started with a uh, well, it was a fourth generation butterfly, and that one eliminated most of the problems. But then the newer ones. They have gone back in style to the old scissor keyboard, and that definitely started in 2021. So other than those ones, this, those this early butterfly keyboards, I'd wear, I'd stay clear of those. This is Darcy. Yes, Darcy. Okay, actually, the um, um, just on the MacBook Airs, they came out with one in the last generation Intel MacBook Air, which is the one I have is uh, and it came out in i think mid 2020 they they came that's when they started the scissors this like the scissor keyboards again on those so yeah yeah anything from 16 to to 20 i would be careful about because you're right those keyboards they had a problem and um i think apple apple's uh reputation really took a hit with those because i mean there's a lot of people you know just know i have, have heard anecdotally about those keyboards because they had they had problems and and uh, but if you're buying a newer Mac now, um, and probably I would I would say I don't know how far back maybe you know Brad how how like stuff in the refurb store goes but um, I would guess that most computers you're going to get now probably don't have the butterfly keyboards. This, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, this is Brad. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. Probably not. The refurb store generally does not go back that far. Uh, I'd be surprised if you would find anything earlier than 2010, I, I maybe 2020, but I doubt it. One other thing to look for, <clears throat> even though the last, the fourth iteration of the butterfly keyboard was considered a better one, it still had the butterfly feel to it, but, as long, but it didn't have the problems. Um, just look for one where the arrow keys are in the inverted T layout. The ones that that were the not good keyboards with the, the the butterfly did not have inverted T. They had an arrangement of the arrow keys 
where your left and right arrows were full size and your up and down were half size keys. And on the fourth iteration, uh, I believe they went, I know on the MacBook Pro, they went to the inverted T. They went to a physical escape key, but those were the touch bars. The uh, MacBook Air never had a touch bar. No. So no, you're, you know, you're not going to, you know, tell, telling you to look for a physical escape key ain't going to do anything there. But look, make sure it's got an inverted T layout to the, to the arrow keys. Miss Kathy? Yes, Kathy. So when I got my computer, I set it up. And all I was supposed to need to do was type in um, my username and password. And my keyboard just wouldn't work. It, it, it kept saying, I think it was saying error. And somehow I figured out, because I'm playing around with the keys and trying to, you know, figure out which keys turn the voice on and whatever. It seemed to me that the D kept saying H. Like if the D's thought they were H's and the H's, there were like several letters that wouldn't work. And of course the password that I had had a D in it. So I could never get past the password. And anyway, um, somebody said that I could just plug in a regular computer keyboard, uh, uh, you know, the, I don't know if it's called the one one keyboard, but you know, the one that connects for, for windows computers, which I did. And it works. I mean, I know there's going to be some difference between, you know, where you have the, um, uh, what is it that, you know, you have the control and the command and the option. And this one just has <clears throat> the control and the windows and alt. <coughs> so this is Brad. Yeah. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah. You're going to find the different arrangement to, uh, Windows key will be the command key and the alt key will be the option key. So those two are kind of switched. If you're using a Windows um, keyboard. You but know, is that um, a good option for anybody to use a Windows uh, keyboard? You know, whatever you get used to. I go back and forth between a couple of different Macs. So I don't like one. I've never liked using a Windows keyboard because, you know, I'm using a laptop with a built-in keyboard. I'm using another I have a Mac mini that's got a, you know, an Apple keyboard on it. Um, so I've never liked using a Windows keyboard on my Mac, but other people who don't have that problem, there's no, you know, there's probably a way to remap the keys, but I've never really figured that out or, or messed with that. Um, so, but um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I, yeah. That's all right. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, no, I, um, and this kind of relates to Karen's question too. I unfortunately did get one of those computers in 2017 that had, you know, the, the keyboard's doable, but I, what I love to do is use the, an external keyboard and it's a little bit more pricey, but if you manage to get an Apple magic keyboard um, I have the full-size one that also has the numeric keypad but it works great you know I can 
use it both when I'm on my Mac to do Mac things, and then when I boot my Mac into Windows, I can, you know, use it in Windows because I it has all the keys that I need. Um, the the regular size Apple Magic Keyboard is also good, and the nice thing about those is you can connect it both via Bluetooth or even USB, and it can even serve as a keyboard while you're charging it via USB. So it's a great option if you want to go into the external keyboard route. So hopefully that helps um, both Kathy and Karen, but I think Brad and uh, Darcy gave some excellent ideas on what computers to avoid, what which ones start having the normal functioning keyboards again. So um, hopefully that helps. And if there were no other, I don't think there were any other comments on this topic. So let's see who has another question. This is Suva. Suva. Hello. So, yeah, my question is maybe somebody already covered it, but I was looking for an alternative to voice stream reader, but um, in a Mac version. And I know there is one out there, but I'm looking for an alternative to a non-subscription version of that. Maybe not a voice stream reader, but similar program that does very similar things, but in a Mac. All right. Does anyone have any feedback, any apps they use that are like voice stream reader, but whatever, that, that work well on the Mac? Um, this is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. Okay, so... Um... What do you need it to do? Are you looking for one to read, like, say, EPUB documents? Are you looking for it to play audiobooks? Because um, if you're just looking for, like, things like EPUB documents or uh, PDFs or whatever, you might find the uh, the books app that's built in might might meet your needs. So this is Suva. Yes, Suva. Hopefully, um, what my main purpose is, if anybody's aware of what Bookshare is, and um, so the Bookshare books, um, Learning Alley is another one, and um, just um, uh, Project Gutenberg. So the f different resources I'm planning to have, well, I like to have um, one place where you can have all of those books um, downloaded and ready to go in an audio format. So. If it's an audio version, that's great. But if it's not an audio version, I like it to, um, the AI should be able to do that just like voice stream readers. So, um, and the MacBook has uh, its own voiceover. So that's great too. But an alternative to that, other than voiceover, reading the books. So unfortunately, even voice stream reader for the Mac yet does not have alternative voices. Um, it may be getting that feature, so I've heard, but right now you just use the voice over voice. So um, I don't know if I, I have not heard of any other type of app like that. That would be really neat because, yeah, I do know what you mean. Um, you can definitely download Bookshare books in different formats, but then they do have to be read with your voiceover. So. Does anyone else have any feedback on um, this question? Or are we are we waiting for that Mac app to be invented, developed, whatever? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Sounds good. Thank you. I think, yeah, Darcy, I think that's going to be that's sort of a tall order because that's it is things that can do things like, um, you know, Bookshare, Learning Alley. That's that's a very, very niche thing. And yes, you know, I think since voice voice stream reader is is doing it, I, I can't imagine anybody else is going to make an app like that. And if they do, I can't imagine they would, I mean, that they would have it for free or for, you know, because yeah. I just, I think that's, like I said, such a niche, a niche thing. Definitely. Yep. Well, Suva, if I hear of anything, I don't know. Now I did, there is that Dolphin Easy Reader. Again, they have an iPhone app, but I don't know if they ever, if they make a Mac app, um, but they're another. But anyway, if we hear of something, we'll let you know. Otherwise it is very niche um and uh yeah who knows <laughs> all right so who would like to ask the next question miss kathy yeah kathy um i'm wondering do you have the um opportunity with mac talk do you do the same kind of thing that that ibug does with the iphone where you can have like a mentor for the mac um what we we don't do any one-on-one -on -one mentoring we do offer a mac training course it's a 12-week class and um it you know people come and they it takes place on zoom and um, there's the lecture part where I, you know, share my audio and, and demonstrate, go through kind of the basics of using the Mac and there's reading, you know, it's kind of a, I guide you along the way, but it's a lot of work that you have to, you know, practice and things you have to do on your own. But mm -hmm. no, we don't have a one-on-one -on -one mentoring program per se. Okay. I've, uh, it's Kathy again. I've looked at yeah. the class and I, um, I would like to try and take it but I almost feel like I need a pre-class thing you know like I can't even once I turn the computer on I just don't know <laughs> what you know what to do where to go or how to you know it's like I need I need some kind of well, I guess there is some kind of intro on the Apple, right? I mean, there's there a Mac. Is. Um, there is, yes. Okay. The voiceover tutorial, and that's actually what I tell people to go through um, getting started. So, yeah. A lot of this stuff, you know, you would be doing anyway. I just kind of try to present it in somewhat of an organized fashion. And, um, you know, but it's, I'm sure... I'm sure there's definitely resources for one-on-one -on -one training, but um, yeah, related to the, just, just know as far as encouragement for anyone who wants to learn the Mac, it's possible. You just have to find ways that you want to use it. Even me, I don't use it as much as I should unless I, you know, oh, Herbie's teaching me something new with, with audio, how to share, you know, something over Zoom or how to do this. You know, you have to find a motivation and, for all of us, that motivation might be a little bit different. Um, this is Janet. Yeah, Janet. Um, I heard I somebody a, else too, but go ahead, Janet. I, and then... I have a question for Kathy. Okay. Um, do you know Braille? Uh, yeah. Well, I do, but um, <laughs> my hands are are a little numb. I'm not very good at reading it anymore. But I mean, I I know it. 
because I was going to recommend, I think, one of the um, things that Chanel offer, talked about at the end of the classes was um, a Braille book from, I can't remember where it was from. Of, like, you can get a Braille, Braille book. Oh, okay. Yeah, even the, I don't actually, so, but they do offer things in multiple formats. Yeah, multiple formats, yeah. So it doesn't have to be Braille. Um, I, but yeah, I think somebody else was, was it a yeah, gentleman? Yeah, Pete, Janelle. Oh, Pete, yes, okay, Hi, great. sorry, I came in late. How's no everybody problem. tonight? Um, I want to offer another suggestion for Kathy, and that is the iBug uh, YouTube channel, because you have posted, Chanel, um, your actual lessons, the individual right. chapters or lessons from your last uh, Mac training class in YouTube video format, Kathy, and they're very, right. uh, they're very limited in terms of the scope. They, they're clearly marked, the, the lesson titles, and I've actually viewed uh, several of them myself. So you can find a good starting lesson. Uh, I don't know, Chanel, off the top of my head, what might be a good lesson to start with, but that would well, be the first one. one. <laughs> yeah, that would be a yeah. good one. Lesson one. <laughs> yeah. Start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a strange concept, but yeah, no, <laughs> I know you want to be able to jump into <laughs> lesson five, but it all builds on what well, everything builds on itself. So. Yeah, thanks, Pete, and uh, good luck learning, Kathy, and who would like to ask the next question if all other questions have been addressed? I'm trying to remember where we were in the scope of the conversation. I think we were. So, yeah, let's see if anyone else has a question. I This is Janet. I have a question. Sure. Go ahead, Janet. Okay. Um, How do you take a – you're on your Mac and you have a web page. Mm -hmm. How do you either, A, save it as a favorite or, B, put it on your um, binder so you can get to it quickly? <clears throat> Great question. Who would like to answer that? This is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy, go ahead. Okay. Um, well, if you're in Safari and you're on the page you want and you go to, let me just open up Safari here. Unfortunately, I don't have my thing set up so you guys can hear this, but I'll just. That's um, okay. So let's just go to iBug today, for example. All right. I'm on iBug today and. If I look on my menu bar and I go to bookmarks and I go to add bookmark and by default, it will, it, the first thing it will show me is where do you want that to go? And by I think by default, it goes in favorites, which is on your favorites bar. And then to the right of that is the name of the thing. So you could change the name if you wanted. And then you can put a description in. I've never filled in the description field, but no. if you, I guess if you had a lot of bookmarks, you could. Um, and then, then there's a cancel, and then there's the add, which is a default button, which of course means at any of those fields, you can just press enter. And I have now added iBug into my favorites. So you there just have you to go. do that. And then uh, the favorites is like that favorites bar, which may or may not be visible depending on how you have Safari set. And, um, but you can get to it from the bookmarks menu. And then of course, instead of the favorites, you could actually set up in the bookmarks menu and you can set up like different folders and all that kind of, kind of stuff, however you want to organize your bookmarks, but they're, it's easy to add them just with that add option on the, uh, 
Safari. And actually, there may be a shortcut key for that. I didn't happen to notice. Maybe but... Command D. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead, Brad. Yeah, Command D. Oh, okay. Um, I was also going to say, did did she ask what was a way to put it on the desktop? She did. Okay. That's saving it. There is a command in there. It's in the file menu. And it says save or save as. If you just are on a website and you do command command S, it will open your save as dialog that you've seen everywhere else. And it will give it a generic name, something like website alias. I can't remember what it is, but right there you change it to whatever you want. Like you could, if you're on the iBug Today website and you hit command S, you can change it to say iBug Today. And as you move through, it'll ask you, where do you want to put it? And if it's not already saying desktop, you can change it to desktop or any folder you would like to have it in. Uh, and then uh, save it. And it will be on your desk as a uh, Safari alias, something like that. Yep. Very good. Awesome. All right. So hopefully that helps you, Janet. Yeah, you'll find when you really do the Mac Pretty much anything and everything you need will be in the menu bar, even if we can't remember shortcuts. You just find it, you know, looking at the menus, which are very accessible, and everything is laid out. And what's great about the menu bar, too, is that VoiceOver will announce any menu options that have keyboard commands associated with them. So great question. It's important to cover those basics and learn how to browse Safari and more efficiently. All right, who would like to ask our next question? And welcome to those of you who have joined us recently and come on in, we're, we're happy to have you. I see Peter's already spoken. We have somebody with a phone number and um, Stomatus and um, lots of people. So thanks so much for coming and feel free to pipe up at any time with a question. This is Brenda. Yeah, Brenda, go ahead. Um, someone mentioned that there's a, a YouTube channel or location I can go to. I have a Mac. Um, desktop and an iPad and so I use it but I know I'm not using all that the technology that comes with it but I'm like the last caller I use it I turn it on I turn it off I don't really right. do a lot with it so um, I want to take the class you were talking about but I need that little refresher beginner intro to the real class as well so how can I get to that again all right, so if you just go to YouTube and search for iBug Today, and then there is the, um, I think it'll say Mac Training. You're looking for the Mac Training playlist. I'd be, I think you contacted me via email last week, so I would be more than happy to send the link to you and to yes. anybody. If you can't find it by going to our channel, uh, just, just go to ibugtoday.org, look for Mac and Talk. My contact info is on that page, and you are welcome then to contact me to ask for the link to the videos. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. 
And there's so many great resources out there as well. There's, and somebody has some background noise. Let's see. Oh, sorry, I think it's me. Okay. Um, there's, you know, Applevis, all the things that I assign for my class basically come from Applevis because people have written some really excellent guides on um, lots of Mac apps and just using voiceover. It's an awesome site. Janet did mention the National Braille Press book. Um, I found some kind of inconsistencies and slight little errors in that in the past, but it's still an excellent resource. So um, there's lots of uh, Mac discussion lists. So the, the resources are out there. You may just have to dig a bit to find them. So, and I'm happy to direct you to what I can, but uh, does anyone else have a question? Or has there is there any neat little app or neat little thing you've been able to do on your Mac recently that you would like to share about? Um, a new app you downloaded and tried, whether it worked or not, something you learned. Karen. Yeah, Karen. Okay, back to the basics question. That's fine. Um, <laughs> when you get your new Mac, um, how do you get voiceover on? All right. I was about to answer, but let me let other people have a chance to answer. So who would like to answer that question? This is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy, go ahead. Okay. This is actually something that is really neat. When you mm -hmm. get a new Mac um, and you turn it on, after it boots up and um, it might play some music. I don't think it plays music anymore, but it will, it will actually tell you um, that Mac... OS contains a built-in screener called VoiceOver. If you'd like to learn how to use VoiceOver, it will tell you how to do that. Or if you already know how to how to use VoiceOver, it will tell you how to turn it on. So you could right from that very beginning, from when you know from first taking it out of the box, um, VoiceOver is right there for you to use, and it's right there to to give you the tutorial. And the tutorial uh, basically teaches you everything you need to to get through the setup process of of your Mac. It was. It was really, that was actually one of the things when I first got my Mac and I got, um, I was relatively early to this thing. I got my first Mac in 2006. And even back then, that was the thing that really impressed me. Like I was able to get it going completely up and running without any sighted assistance. And I mean, that was back then. It's, it's, it's better now even than it was. Um, so you will, it will tell you, it will tell you exactly how to do that when you put it on. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, even a sighted person, if they don't respond quick enough, they have to hear it say to use English press enter. Or, and then it goes into the voice. Welcome to voiceover. It's it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so. This is Pete. Yeah, Pete. I was just double checking to see uh, who was that who asked that question, by the way. Karen. Hey, Karen, if, uh, if you have a new Mac or if you've already opened it and you're past that stage and is there a way that we can tell her to get to voiceover if she's already passed that and opted not to, to uh, take advantage of the voiceover initially? Yes, there is. Um, I don't think Karen has a Mac yet, but for anyone, okay. yeah, you can press, um, it really Command depends F5. on, yeah, very yeah. good. Or what if, it? what? <laughs> it's the command key, which is the equivalent of your alt key immediately to the left or right of the keyboard. 
of the uh, space bar, command F5. Yeah, so that's what I thought. That's like the only one. command I know. I thought I knew. It's <laughs> a good start. That's a good one. Well, that's a critical one. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good deal. Thank you. Now, the Hi. other command I read, I'm sorry, this is Kathy. Yeah, Kathy, go ahead. The other command I, I think I know is that if I, if you want to get the tutorial started, hit um, F8 with something or other. But my F8, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to work. It, it wants to be like speed up or something, speed up or slow down or volume up or volume what? down. You, you may be dealing with, oh, I'm sorry, this is Darcy. Yeah, I, go ahead, Darcy. <laughs> I apologize. No, um, good. Um, so... What ha this is a laptop, I assume, Kathy, that you have? No, it's a, it's a, like a giant heavy monitor and then a skinny little keyboard. Okay, so it's an iMac you've got. Um, so, because I was thinking about that the uh, FN key. Well, actually, this still might be the case depending on the keyboard, but there may be an FN key that you have to press as well, which is the, the far, the bottom left key on your keyboard. Yeah. And okay. if you press that with the voiceover and the function keys, because the function keys can also be, uh, and they, they differ from Mac to Mac, but they are things like the volume control, the display brightness, uh, things like that. Um, and they differ from model to model, but, but uh, that, that may be, and you can actually set that in, in, uh, in your preferences. Once you get further into things, you can decide like by default, do I want my function keys to uh you know, be used for these hardware things or do I want them to be regular function keys? But for now, they may be set, you know, the way you don't want. So that's probably this what's is, going on. This is Brad. Yeah, Brad, go ahead. Well, because I know Darcy's always used a MacBook. You may not be aware that if you have a, uh, a keyboard, it sounds like Kathy's got an iMac. So if you're not using a MacBook, the FN key is not on the uh, bottom row on the far left. I wish it was. Um, older external Mac keyboards do not have an FN key at all. I have an older oh. one from uh, 2006, and there's no FN key, in which case you cannot make the F keys do hardware functions. On the newer keyboards, like the Magic Keyboard that Chanel has, and I've got a couple of those as well, the FN key is in the extended key area. You know, the keys oh, yeah. that we sometimes call really? the six-pack keys. Oh, yeah. They put it in the uh, top, top yeah. left where the insert key would be on a Windows extended keyboard. Yeah. Uh, my older MacBook, the older Mac external keyboard, there was a help key there. I believe it actually had just a question mark on the key. But um, but what Darcy's saying is he's right. You can if if you have a keyboard with a function FN key on it, you can change the behavior of the F keys, and it's fine on the um, MacBook Pro because it's down there on the lower left where you've got your hand on the voiceover keys. But on that external, the, the newer Magic keyboards where it's in the six pack area. I always go into my keyboard preferences and tell it that I want my F keys to behave as normal F keys because when you're doing voiceover commands, you frequently need to use VO and one of those F keys for something. Uh, and that's hard to do 
to operate a voiceover keyboard, press that FN key in the six pack area and press an F key up on the function key row. This is so depending yeah, on which so one you've got. And that unfortunately that manual is VO command and then F8. So you may have to press VO oh, okay. command FN, you know, That's F8. the tutorial. Yeah, that's the right. tutorial. That's so tutorial. it's an easier way to get to it by pressing just VOH and arrowing through the menu until you get to it. That's easier a way to get to it. Um, and as far as the, the, the six-pack, mine actually looks a bit more like a nine-pack because there's a top row of function keys that's immediately right above that six-pack. So if you're, you know, if you're yeah. ever trying to find, it looks more like a, a a horizontal kind of grid of a three by three thing of keys. Yeah. So that's so um, and then it's got three above. Yeah. yeah and Brad. yeah, go ahead, Brad. Yeah, actually those are three more F keys. And if you look yeah. at it real closely, oh, you've right. got a bit of a gap between the mm -hmm. six pack keys and those three extra keys. But yes, it is a little confusing. It's not Pete. that much. Yeah. Okay. Once so you I get think, used to it, it's fine. No, I know where it's at. I'm just saying it looks like, yeah. Anyway, go yeah. ahead, Pete. Is that the little skinny keys above the six pack? Because yeah. I've got this regular six pack and then there's a row of three keys right above it. That Do you have any, this is Brad. Do you have an extended uh, magic keyboard yes, I do. with the number? Yeah. Magic. It's a USB. Uh, it's an older. Oh, one. okay. Yes, yes. But my wife has one. It's like a really bottom. thin, really thin okay. keyboard. Yeah. We're yeah, that would be the same layout. Here. Okay. And yeah. there's those like you have on that one. There's no touch ID. So you, those those keys right. are, if you turn on keyboard help and press them, it should say F14, 15, and 16. Yep. On yeah, the key, keys with the touch um, ID, those are F13, 14, and 15. Well, that was my other suggestion that I was going to offer to Kathy is try keyboard help, and then you can see which yep. keys are which, uh, which right. would be G-O-K, yep. voiceover keys, which are your command option keys, Control uh, assuming option. you're not using the Windows keyboard, and then the right. K. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so Paul had ordered these weird keyboards. You know, they're me more mechanical, and they've got really big keys. And um, I'm trying one of those. So it is a Windows keyboard, but it does have the nine keys like you described. And then three keys above that. And it has the um, upside down T for the arrow keys. All right. Well, I, yeah. Um, so I did not know that early, early Max did not have an FN key, but I do cover in my lesson two how to change the behavior of the function keys. And that lesson two is on YouTube. So any was somebody else trying to make a comment as well, getting into our conversation? I know I heard Jesse come in, but um, okay, maybe not. All right, so let's see who else has a question. This is Suba. Yes, Suba. Okay, so maybe somebody already have a way. Maybe it's an easy fix, but um, I have a question about the magic mouse with the uh, the the MacBook Air. So 
I'm trying to get to the, whenever you go to the settings, it has a different name for the Magic Mouse. Um, and I'm trying to find a way to see if there's a way to change the name on the mouse and just to see if there's a way to change it. Because I think um, it wasn't brand new. I didn't buy it brand new. I just bought it as a, a second hand. And it still have the previous person's name. I don't know how to change it. <laughs> so mm. anyway. All right. Um, so, are you are you using Voiceover with your Mac? Yes. Okay. But you still you just want to be able to find a way to rename. I does anyone know of a way to rename a device like that? I can't say I've ever. Um, I didn't know that you could even do that. Yeah. Usually device names are their names. Like, I mean, obviously things like, you know, AirPods and stuff like that, you can personalize, but I didn't know. Granted, I've never had a, a Magic Mouse. So, I mean, maybe you can rename it. Um... Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know on that one. Um... This is Brad. I'm sorry, I was distracted. I was trying to take care of something else. My wife has a Magic Mouse. What was the question? He wants to be able to rename it because it's I don't showing think the you name can. of the previous one. No, I don't think you can. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know how they get their name. Hmm. I've seen some of them. I've like had a trackpad and they called it Brad's Magic Trackpad. And other times it's just called Magic Trackpad. And I see the same thing. My wife's first Magic Mouse was called Kathy's Magic Mouse. And when she decided that one wasn't working properly and I got her another one, the second one's just called Magic Mouse, but I'm not aware of any way to rename it. Um, do they there may show be up, something in there I don't know about, but. Do they show up in uh, devices in iCloud? You know, I don't know if they connect, you know, on your iCloud, you can I see just, all the different. It's just Brad, I just see them under Bluetooth, under devices. Yeah, that's, this is super, that's, that's where I'm seeing it. The Bluetooth under devices, under no mouse. Okay. Yeah. This is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy, go ahead. I just did a Google search for renaming the Magic Mouse, and there were a lot of results that came back. So I know, unfortunately, a bunch of them were videos, but I'm sh I think there were some articles as well. Um, so I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you'd find something, but not that this is helpful here. But I just it looks like it's the kind of thing that a lot of people want to do. So there um, are a lot of places online where it looks like you can find steps on how to do that. All right. Well, you learn something new every day. Sounds good. This is super. I'll check it out. Thanks. Awesome. Great. This is Pete. Yes, Pete. Uh, since it there seems to be a slight lull here, I wonder if I could ask Darcy a resource question. Go ahead. Darcy, is an accessibility roundtable still viable and alive and going? Yes. Um, we took some time off for uh, the summer. I am actually going to be posting a brief episode uh, probably on Thursday. Um, actually, it's the it's going to be the the Wordle demo that I did for for uh, iBug. And 
Um, but we'll be back in the fall, either the I think the first week of September or when uh, Apple does their you know September product announcements, kind of whichever comes first. Um, yeah, we we did. Uh, we we tend to take some time off in the summer just because there's not as much uh, Apple news going on. Plus, you know, a lot of people have stuff going on in the summer. So, but yep, we'll be back in the fall. Actually, just, uh, no, that's not true. We we actually will have an episode on August 11th because um, we didn't want to be away the whole summer. We'll be on August 11th. We'll have a show and then we'll be back on a regular schedule in September. Uh, this is Pete. That's the Maccessibility Roundtable is still the, the correct name. Yes, and you can and get it at maxaccessibility.net. Uh, yeah, Pardon? You've been around since you've been around since two thousand and six or seven, I believe. Aren't, haven't you? Yeah, I think we started in two thousand eight or because before, well, before that, I did screenless switchers, and um, so we've been doing screenless switchers since two thousand six. But I think we started maxaccessibility in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Did it before before um, iOS was a was accessible? Yeah. I know that, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah, Darcy's been around since before Dirt in terms of the Mac. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I, that was one of the podcasts that I um, cut my teeth on back in 2010. I think we might have been, I think we might have been the, well, Screen the Switchers was, was I'm almost definitely sure was the first um, Mac related accessibility podcast. So this is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So give you an idea of how long Darcy's been around. So back on my radio show that I did in 2010, I was interviewing this person named Chanel Allen, who just recently got an Actually, iPhone. that wasn't her name back then, but... Oh, you're right. It was Chanel Hill. Oh. Fine. Anyway, but my point is we were talking about resources, and the one that she mentioned, even though we had a list of them, was... She pronounced it as accessibility, but... Uh, the very same uh, accessibility website that is still around today, Chanel mentioned that as an iPhone resource <laughs> back in 2010. I have I the audio remember. to prove it. I'm not going to play it. Yeah. Don't worry. We've been, <laughs> yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. Some people might say too long, but we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Ooh, play it. Play it. No, let's not. I'd have to actually go find the particular snippet. So sorry. It's not appropriate here so anyway <laughs> i will this is herbie the real quick there is i am actually going to post a youtube video of the interview that i did with chanel and the sh interview that chanel did with me several months later and those will be on youtube and they'll be posted to the face ibug uh, group on facebook so <laughs> under what uh, category love love <laughs> okay look forward well there to is that. no category in the group <laughs> all right do we have any more actual mac questions or as i was mentioning earlier anyone is welcome to talk about an app they've recently tried something cool they learned on the mac anything is welcome this is jesse yes jesse glad to have uh, you yeah good to be here yeah uh I, did I ask this before? I've been trying to figure out how to turn off the trackpad, the onboard trackpad on a Mac. Right. Yeah, that's, um, I think we've talked about it before. I'm not sure if you were, if you'd asked, but yeah, sometimes it's just very annoying and you want to turn it off. And this is Brad. Yes, Brad. I think you can fool it by going into accessibility 
um, is it mouse or pointing devices? I believe there's a setting that says, you know, you want it to be the trackpad to be turned off whenever an external mouse is plugged in. And that's the only way I know to do it. Okay. You have to plug in a mouse, a USB mouse, or even if you have a, one of those Logitech mouses that has this little USB dongle that plugs in. If you just plug that thing in, even if it's not turned on, you just have that thing plugged in. It, I believe it will turn off the trackpad or disable yeah, uh, the trackpad. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I really don't want to have a dongle or even have to have a, a wireless mouse device. Um, uh, the, on the the Mac 16 uh, inch, the trackpad's ultra wide <laughs> and it's yeah, easier big. to hit. They're uh, big. Yeah. So is- uh, one thing that helps, but it doesn't solve it, is to turn the tracking speed down to zero. And I think Darcy had a comment. Oh, I was just yeah. going to say um, one thing. I would make sure um, that you. Have, I, I I assume are you a voiceover user? Yes. Okay. Um, one thing I would make sure you do is in the, I think it's under navigation, um, make sure that you don't have um, sort of voiceover doing anything with the mouse, either um, following the mouse or, or leading the mouse, because then if you touch the trackpad, it probably won't matter as much. I mean, there still are situations where touching the trackpad can make things happen, but if, if you don't have voiceover, like following the mouse, that should, that should, because uh, I, I, I barely noticed, uh, I'm sure I touch the trackpad all the time, but I barely notice anything because I don't, I just have it sort of, I have voiceover sort of ignoring the mouse unless I specifically need the mouse pointer for some reason. So have it so that uh, mouse pointer ignore, ignores voiceover cursor. Right. Because okay. you can either have it, you can either have it follow the voiceover cursor or you can have the mouse, uh, the voiceover cursor follow the mouse pointer. I find now this is this is a, a personal choice thing. Some people will probably disagree with me. I know some people like to have um, the mouse pointer follow voiceover, um, but I found that gets me into trouble more often than not. So I just have it ignore on, and uh, you shouldn't. Then most of the time, the mouse pointer can be you know wherever it is. I don't even care unless I unless there are still uh, situations where you need to you know use drag and drop. Um, or click on something that's that's becoming less and less it used to be a lot in the early days where you had to you know click on stuff with the mouse you know just vo space wouldn't do anything um but there's less and less of that so i would i would do that and make sure that's turned off and and i think even if you're still touching the mouse pointer you may not notice as much all right okay. yeah i appreciate that guys uh, thanks yep awesome it's a great suggestion. Okay. Who would like to ask our next question? Sandhya, now would be a great time for your questions or for anyone else, but I know you sometimes have questions. 
This is Suva again. Yes, Suva. Quick question about um, inverting the the inverting the brightness on a on a Mac. Is there a quick key for that? Um, just very yes. quickly. This is Brad. Oh, go ahead, Brad. You have to first enable it by going. You can do that in either going into keyboard and then under shortcuts and in the category accessibility, you can enable the keyboard command to invert colors. But once you've done it, the keyboard command is um, control, option, command, number row eight. Now, because that uses one of the options for a voiceover, you used to have to be able to use the voiceover pass-through, which is VO tab, and then do that command. But I have learned, that at least in Mojave, I mean, Monterey, excuse me, uh, I'm not sure about Big Sur, but definitely in Monterey, it won't work. You have to turn voiceover off with command F5 then do that command to toggle your invert colors. And then you can turn voiceover back on. This is super. So, so I have the, the, I think the latest version of the, the Mac OS and that, so you have to, I have to turn off voiceover to invert my color. This is Brad. Yeah. It, I don't know why. Uh, I mean, I've been using one now for almost 10 years and you were always able because it uses command option, which is one of the options for the VO key and um, not command option, control, control option. And that's what I always use. I prefer that to the caps lock key. Some people prefer the caps lock key. Um, but I have, and maybe if you have the caps lock set as your, voiceover modifier you don't have to turn it off but i i for years would use the voiceover pass through which is vo and the tab key and then you hear voiceover say voiceover will ignore the next keyboard command and then i would do control option command number 08 but it does not seem to work under monterey i'm never turn it on and off i turn on invert colors and leave them on but occasionally i might you know of somebody look at something on my computer and they need to see a picture right. or something. Although there's a sort of a smart invert. I can't really tell if it inverts pictures yeah. or not. I see a little bit, but I don't see that well. Gotcha. This is Zuba. Thank you. All right. This is Herbie. Yes, Herbie. So I made a very interesting discovery last week, which I must admit I was not expecting. And I have to give Brad a little bit of credit for um, reminding me of this inadvertently. Um, he didn't do it intentionally, I promise. But uh, back during our Mac class, he'd mentioned um, he did not like the idea of the caps lock key because he was concerned about what happens if you unturn a password and your caps lock key is down. Well... Um, I've had issues with my fingerprint sensor lately, and I should really go try to redo my fingerprints. But uh, so I've had to do the password when I want to unlock things like with autofill on Safari, where you can't always use the watch. And um, a couple times it has said caps lock down, but it will still let me enter my password normally 
with the capital and lowercase letters. And so I've kind of come to the theory that at least when it comes to your master password, the status of the caps lock key might not be relevant. So that is something interesting that I have noticed. And what's really weird is even though it'll say caps lock down, if I go anywhere else, you know, I check my actual caps lock and it says it's off. And I think I did do an experiment to see with it on and um, still had the same results. So that I thought was a little bit interesting that they may have... I can't say it'll be that same way. I've not tried it for, like, say, entering a password within, like, a website on Safari, for instance. Um, I've not tried that, but for the master password, it actually may not matter. Um, I'm using the term may, as I've not done extensive testing with it, but um, so far my experiences have led me to believe that. Awesome. That's good to know. I'd forgotten you mentioned that, and... Uh need to remember that. So yeah, maybe some of you will feel like, because I, I always use the caps lock for my VO key. It's just easier. It's familiar from Windows. It's, you know, you just press one key instead of two. But um, yeah, if you have trouble entering your password or think it's down or something that might be discouraging, but if it's actually not preventing you from doing anything, then that's even better. All right, anyone else want to share, make a comment, have a question? This is Darcy with sort of a follow-up from to Suva's Sure, thing. go ahead. Okay, I don't know if this is helpful or not because it's a little weird to set up, um, although I might be able to help in that regard. Um, I was just looking in shortcuts in the shortcuts app on the Mac. And one of the things you can do in shortcuts is there's a shortcut. Well, there's actually two shortcut actions, and I'm not really sure of the difference. One of them, there's um, for invert colors, there's like classic invert and, and smart invert. I don't really use those features. So I don't really know what they are. But where that's interesting is you could, since it's a shortcut thing, you could actually make a shortcut and add it to like the keyboard commander, and then you could press it and, um, you know, trigger the invert thing. And that might be easier than turning voiceover on and off. It's it's a little tricky to set up if you've never used shortcuts or done anything with Keyboard Commander before, but it might be one of those things that ultimately might make things easier. This is Brad. Yes, Brad. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I didn't even think about using Keyboard Commander. Or you could also set it up as an action under Numpad Commander if you're using a full-size keyboard. Um, and the difference in... Classic invert and smart invert. Classic invert inverts everything, including pictures, graphics. Oh, yeah. Smart that's right. invert does not. And the pictures are supposed to look normal. It can tell the difference in a picture or, or something like that, and it does not invert it. So right. the sky will still be blue. This, this is Suva. Yes, Suva. Thank you very much for those suggestions. Does anyone want to like go a little bit more detail? I never used a keyboard shortcut. I know this is a like little new, but like like where do is it already built in? Do I have to download anything or is it all good? Just go this to the is, This is Darcy. This yeah, is Darcy. Brad. Darcy oh. and then Brad. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, um, so there's there's it's kind of it's I actually don't think this is the greatest name for the because there's there's keyboard shortcuts and everything, but then there's actually an app that Apple has called Shortcuts. And um, it's sort of an automation tool where you can sort of, they have these, what they call actions. 
And an action, uh, then a shortcut is basically all these different actions kind of strung together. And a lot of times you can do things with um, just a single action, right? So you can make a shortcut that's just a single action. Like we said, uh, turn on, maybe you might have something to turn on, do not disturb, or in this case, you know, turn on the smart invert colors. And once you make a shortcut, you can do all kinds of stuff with it. You can run it from, um, you know, there's a menu bar option to run it from. You can run it from, um, I think you can trigger it from Spotlight, but you can also trigger shortcuts from uh, VoiceOver's keyboard commander. And what the keyboard, and and I hadn't even thought about the number, numpad commander because um, I don't have a keyboard with a numpad, but but what you can actually do in, in any of these commanders is you can set a key to do something. So like uh, VoiceOver has a lot of commands that aren't already pre-assigned to a, to a keyboard shortcut. Um, like the one I use, for example, the one I add is one to toggle the, the DOM in groups mode in uh, web browsing. Um, but, there's, but there are a few built-in keyboard, uh, keyboard commander things which are useful. And all the VoiceOver uh, keyboard commander stuff is done with the right option key and another key. So one of the built-in ones, for example, is the right option key and the letter T. And that will announce the time. Um, so there's there's built-in ones. Um, I have one, for example, that I made. I have voiceover in the letter A, which mutes or unmutes my microphone. So wherever I am, so like if I'm not in the Zoom window, for example, and I want to mute, I just hit DO in the or right option A, and it mutes my microphone. So so the keyboard commander is just a way to. Um, and I think by default, uh, option M might open mail, option S might open Safari. Um, so it's yeah. just a way to do things quickly that aren't kind of built in by default. So you could make one of these uh, keyboard commander things that runs a shortcut to turn on the uh, the invert colors thing. So hopefully that made sense. Um, that actually might be something that might be worth doing a demo about at some point, but um, that, uh, cause I think keyboard commander is a really powerful thing and you can do a lot of neat things with it. Um, and it's, it's probably maybe not something that people are using. I don't know if you cover that in your, in your lessons or not. I allude um, to it and I've done a demo briefly once on Mac and talk, but it's been a while since we've talked about it. So it's definitely worth going over again at some okay. point. So hopefully that all made sense. It, yeah, who was just speaking? This is Pete. Yes, Pete, go ahead. Uh, Darcy, do you know if uh, my left hand, I'm losing dexterity and sense of touch, so um, certain gyration type keystroke combinations with my left hand are difficult, like the, uh, what's the applications menu? What is it? Uh, command shift or command, what is it? Bio shift M. Bio M. M. Thank you very much. Yeah. Is that something I might program? Something as common as a, as a keyboard command? Yeah. Well, Bio yeah, shift M is a voice. So, oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to cut anybody off. Um, the keyboard voiceover keyboard commander allows you to program voiceover specific commands. So you mm -hmm. couldn't remap. Let's say you know command S. That is a that's uh, something yeah, for 
that's a right. Mac command, so you would change that. Well, some people in mail like to change their send command um, instead of command shift D. That's that's done in keyboard shortcuts and system preferences. Oh, cool. But um, voiceover commands can definitely be changed with the keyboard commander. So that's an excellent idea. I, I use Amadeus Pro also, which those of oh, you so who, know, who use it has a lot of left hand work with the uh, ASDF keys and things like that. So, but um, that command shift, whatever the, uh, the that applications menu is a bear. So I will try that. Thanks much. And you can even use, you know, I actually have my keyboard commander set to use both option keys. So I can, whatever's more ergonomic, like it, you know, might make more sense to press right option T, but, you know, left option, I think I have left option U for something or left option M, you know, really? or uh, you can, so you can use either one. Um, this is Darcy. Yeah, Darcy. Now, does that give you trouble um, for things that, use the single option key like for example in zoom option y raises and lowers your hand if you if you set uh the keyboard commander to grab both option keys does that then take out the because i would think I that it not would had it's told no. me that it would give me trouble but so far it hasn't this is doc <laughs> yeah doc when you get a moment i have i found that answer for that changing the name on the magic mouse oh and it's fairly simple. Okay. Um, so we're still talking. I think, yep. did we have any more else, anything else on the keyboard commander or commands or whatever? Were we good on that subject? We've been kind I of. I just moving. wanted to add this is Pete. Sorry. Sure. Um, I've programmed my numpad commander and it's dynamite. Because uh, oh, it, yeah. it, it um, I mean, I all I need to do for instead of a. A VO space bar to select, I hit the number five button. Yeah. Uh, VO right arrow is the number six. So a lot of nice. those have I've actually, been uh, shortened and they're really cool. This is Darcy. Even... I've actually contemplated getting an external number pad just for that reason, because it just sounds amazing what you can yeah. do with it. And, and there's individual buttons for all kinds of menus. In fact, maybe that applications yeah. menu is on there. Maybe I ought to just look at you that. Could, you could program a numpad key to get into the applications menu, certainly. Uh, dynamite yep there you go yeah but th those one one button commands uh for those vo basic commands are excellent that's a great idea yeah that's good see you don't need my class you're figuring it out all already um all right so let's go ahead and hear what doc has to say hey what i found it says you can you open the apple menu you go to system preferences Bluetooth, and then once in there, you find your magic mouth and you right click it, or it says our control click, and then you'll see the option to rename. Okay. Well, I hope that works uh, for you, Suva, if you're still here. Sounds good. Thank you very much. I've been listening to every all the suggestions. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Doc, for that uh, research. We definitely appreciate it. Does anyone have a question during the last few minutes on anything else or to address something previously or?
Well, I definitely appreciate all of the new people for coming in. Uh, Brenda and Kathy and uh, Karen and um, for our old timers for coming. Glad to have. And I see Marvin here has been in our audience and um, we definitely appreciate you coming. Our next Mac and Talk will be on August 23rd. Same time, same place. Um, are there any last questions? <laughs> Uh, Pete. Yes, Pete. Go ahead. I was just. I'm sorry. I was following up on my, on my uh, numpad commander. It does no, look go like ahead. There is an applications menu key. It does not say. It doesn't say applications menu. Um, uh, it's. Let me um, see. It just says menu. But there are 11 items in it, which I would sound sounds like it would be. The well, if I thing. do control, if I do VO shift, I've turned on my keyboard help. If I do mm -hmm. VO shift M. It's called Open Shortcut Menu. So try looking for that. Okay, I'll do that. Um, and that could be in general. That could be in, I don't remember all the different categories, right. but I believe it's called the Shortcut Menu, whereas VOM is Go to Menu Bar. So Excellent. Okay. That's what my little keyboard help says as I have uh, it on. Well, that's a big keyboard help. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Sandhya. Okay, uh, I just ordered a new keyboard. It might be a bigger question than what we have left. Okay, so I ordered a K a, a three Logitech three eighty K three eighty, and I, it's it was supposed to be a replacement for the one I had before. And so then when I was pairing it with the Mac, it says something like unable to identify your keyboard because you know you would expect it to say Logitech or whatever. So then I says, well, hit the key to the left and, you know, all these little things to try to figure out what it is. <clears throat> then, and then I started trying to use it yesterday for the Zoom call and like none of the, the keys are configured differently. Like the function key is the second to the end instead of on the end. Oh. I mean, I would think if it's the same model that it would be the same right but yeah if you've used it before with the mac and this you... is brad yeah brad does that keyboard have a setting to make it either be windows or mac because that sounds like it's got a windows layout mm -hmm. <clears throat> there must be something somewhere that lets you change the layout okay uh... and then what was it doing to your option and command key were they so switched put the control at the end and then the option in the middle so it's like the four keys so it's basically control okay. control fn uh option and command okay but uh command was still next to the space uh -huh. bar yes okay interesting because on a real windows keyboard the command and the option are switched mm -hmm. the option is next to the space bar uh, where the alt key would be but and the command key is where the windows key would be okay when i've used a windows keyboard on my mac well i'm thinking this is Sonia. i'm thinking about maybe just redoing it again i mean could it be that whatever i chose messed up that's not true i mean there those are i didn't map the key i would think there's a no. switch on the keyboard 
There is, I believe. To switch the, layout. Yeah. yeah there's, oh. there's sort of in the middle toward the top. There are kind okay. of two flat buttons, I think. And there's a Windows, and I think, I'm pretty sure there's a Mac. But I remember having this, I'm sorry, Chanel, this is... Oh, no, this is fine. This is good. I, uh, I remember having something similar happen when I tried to, to um, pair my K380. And it gave me all kinds of funky things when I, when I pressed the, uh, the hyphen key. It gave me a star asterisk and uh, all kinds of weird things. And, I, and I, I think I tried those, you know, the toggle button from Windows to Mac, and I don't think that helped. So I'm not quite sure how to resolve it. Sorry. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Sandia, maybe you can find that toggle button, and hopefully it helps. If not, um, I don't <laughs> I'm know. I'm still in my 90, 30 days, so. Yeah, okay. I just so, it was so, con you know, it was only my one Amazon Prime Day pre uh, purchase. So it was uh, like, oh, well, okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, as I said, thanks everyone for coming. It's been good and um, hope you learned something and come back next month with your questions and comments and all that good stuff. Um, enjoy the rest of your week and uh, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.